0: Okay, so I'm starting up my newest episode, rather late as usual, um, for the BGR fan service. I'm just going to go over a few things today, since I meant to get this done a few days ago, but I had a couple of family birthdays and holidays and work, just pushed everything aside. So, uh, first off, um, HBO Max released the ultimate edition of... Batman the Superman Dawn of Justice, still a terrible title, Um, the additional additional scenes that they added to the film actually makes it competent, actually makes it a good film it's actually something worth watching, it's not a perfect film as no Marvel movie is, you can nitpick the Marvel movies which quite a few people do and point out logic flaws and issues and what have you and things that are glossed over but as far as doing the heavy lifting and hitting the story points that kind of the connective tissue of movies like this this movie finally did um, Jesse Eisenberg's performance isn't as egregious as it was in the theatrical release, it's still whatever it was, which I don't know what they were doing with that, I don't know if that was a director from Snyder or something Eisenberg brought to the table or what, but um, yeah, it was just whatever. Um, it seems as though from the deleted scene from or the after credit scene from Suicide Squad of a Deathstroke, he's more in a quote unquote traditional Luther style now instead of the weird manic character he was doing, which maybe was a choice to show his quote unquote arc from what he was to being this Machiavellian villain now. Um, the subplot that's at the beginning of the theatrical cut with the warlord uh, being interviewed by Lois Lane makes more sense now. It's not as slapdash and incoherent as it was before. Um, There's a whole subplot that was erased with Clark going into Gotham, trying to piece together what Batman was doing. Um, Also, the subplot with the witnesses from the massacre um, that the quote-unquote massacre that occurred at the beginning um, and her being t- and the woman who was the witness being terrified and being manipulated the a little bit more with the guy who goes to the, uh, the survivor from the Wayne uh, building explosion and destruction during Man of Steel um, so yeah just a lot more there there for lack of a better term. Um, I don't want to go literally scene for scene, but, again, it was more with Wonder Woman. It just was like they took out every third minute from the theatrical cut and decided, hey, this will work, and then once you replace it, now it seems like, oh, now this makes sense. Um, So that was kind of refreshing, and in hindsight, it's sort of weird that Warner Brothers seems to be doing this with Snyder's films for the comic book properties, it seems to be uh, this is with Justice League the third movie in a row they've done that because Watchmen, they chopped down that movie, although the additional footage didn't make me like it anymore um, just added more footage to it um, but this one, it's actually went from being just, you know, a D- minus in my opinion, to actually like a B- plus um, if they kind of released it as the 3-hour version and stood by it you know but that kind of shows you what the leadership issues warner had or had at the time we'll see if they've figured it out um it doesn't seem like they have with the way they're kind of backpedaling on the birds of prey movie um we'll see if there's ever a flash movie ever put together the cyborg movie seems more like a pipe dream than ever and um we'll see if there's any aquaman sequel or if the and when or, or if the Batman movie comes out. But there's talk that Affleck's now back as Batman so who knows maybe they'll treat Matt Reeves' Batman movie as where they did the Joker movie as a kind of one-off. But um, yeah, they still need to get that house in order if they want to do just one-off movies like they used to be when I was a kid where, you know, Batman had a series of movies, Superman had his. They were like 10 years apart for the most part. Um okay then do that but just give some direction and stand by it with your franchise because you know it, it's kind of weird that they've you know set up this they've got these properties they've made movies off and on for decades and they still don't seem to know what they're doing whereas Marvel's the young upstart and they're getting their act together and kind of I guess seen the flaws in what Warner was doing and other studios have done and we're trying to avoid those pitfalls. So we'll see if that's something Marvel can keep up or not. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was this really good fan-made Gambit film. Now, it's not going to be hard continuity to whatever's going on with Gambit. I haven't collected the X-Men comics since really the 90s. So I don't know how much is accurate to the character currently or inaccurate. But again they kind of made their gambit movie and standing by it the movie kind of explains itself quite well you come in where he's in the midst of ending some grand heist and he gets pulled into this poker game which was a low-key revenge scheme by uh, the character played by Eric Roberts um, you've got uh, Iliana Rasputin magic as uh, the person teleporting him and working for Roberts villain. We've got, we find out the rogue's been kidnapped. Um, there's, you know, very, a lot of fun in it. Um, they, like I said, it's probably, it's not a hard quote unquote continuity story, but just like the, um, Batman fan movie from, probably 20 years ago, uh, I believe Dead End or No Exit, it's, you know, just more of a showreel, a proof of concept, you know, something to do that's fun. And from the credits of this Gambit movie, they, whoever poured the, money into it poured a lot of money into it because they had quite the effects uh the staging um i mean getting eric roberts i'm sure it's not a regular day rate unless he was like you know doing it as a favor to the producers or something but still it's it was well done it's i wish there was more of that being done now but as litigious as these mega corporations are we'll see if um that remains the case, the Star Trek fan base has been really active in making their own fan movies and getting those out, even having actors from the studio produced films and television shows uh, getting involved, so maybe that's kind of seeding the ground for this, more of this kind of sort of fan made tribute to uh, their, their, um, their, favorite, their favorite characters, but um, yeah, I really, really dug it, a lot of fun, really refreshing told my nice little story and you know went out on a high note um the other thing is i noticed that i believe was, yeah hbo max had a movie that a lot of people hated that i actually really like uh, i thought it's a lot of fun and rewatching it i still enjoy it um and that's the uh the wachowski speed racer movie um i know it's one of those hard eye rolls like oh my god i can't like that but I mean you got people watching eight Fast and Furious movies and it's more or less the same kind of logic to it. Um it's just that Speed Racer wears it on his sleeve. Um But the uh the overall cast casting I really liked. John Goodman and Susan Sarandon committed to it hundred percent. I don't think anybody in that cast, Christina Ricci, uh what have you, um, was didn't give any kind of eye roll moments you know they all were committed to this world and this story and they did a really good job in portraying that kind of hyper strange speed racer alternate world um that you know they have these wild cars and these great races that they were doing on these insane tracks i love how they hit the turns like old slot cars whatever tail with fishtail and go around the tracks. They would do these weird jumps and all these elaborate stagings and set pieces. Uh, Just a lot of fun. I really wish the audience uh, showed up for that. I mean, it's probably not gonna be as uh, lauded as the Scott Pilgrim movie where people didn't show up for that but it became a cult Cult classic. But the uh, Speed Racer movie, I think, uh, deserves that similar status of being a cult film, which it probably has in some circles, but I don't think it's gonna be one of those quote unquote top tier cult movies, like say a Rocky Horror kind of thing. But, uh, that's, you know, just one of my favorite little, uh, films that have come out that a lot of people didn't enjoy. The, the whole, especially at the end with the finale of the race and, uh, speed, you know, coming, you know, coming through to um, the uh, end of the track and the car just being so just worn out. You can see like the car is as beat up as he is and it still gave him those last few miles to get through the race. And, you know, they gave you this great you know, kind of you know wrap, wrapped up in a bold kind of ending. Um, but, yeah, so that's um, pretty much all I had jotted down for notes for this particular episode episode eight i've watched a few other things which i'll finish up and probably do for next week's podcast um right now um the ghost and shell stuff i need to finish they're going to release umbrella academy season two at the end of the month the boys is coming up soon they've released trailers for both of those shows uh see Umbrella Academy is going back to the 60s, um, so that should be interesting, and they'll be probably interacting with their father more. So that character will probably play a bigger hand in the story than he, than being kind of this ephemeral, app, this ephemeral parent that they kind of you know yelled, yelled about you know, to each other. Now they can actually yell at him. Um, the uh, boys' trailer looks like it's you know the stakes are going to be raised. Of course, You've got the butcher as a wanted man now. Um, I, I really enjoy the series far more than the comic, I have to say. I read the first arc of the comic, and I understand what he was trying to do as far as making this kind of really raw, sort of over-the-top world. I really like the kind of graduated nature of how the superheroes work with, you know, these sort of team groups being kind of a collegiate proven ground or minor league for uh, heroes to move up to the seven who were like you know the, the, the best of the best but some of the violence got egregious for the sake of being egregious I can deal with a story that's graphic and violence and sex and what have you I, that's not really it just seemed like in, it didn't serve the story every time he did it in the book it seemed like the book had to stop so he could have this beat of either more often than not excessive violence than anything um even to the point where I was reading on the background of the book that um, the comic gotten actually kicked, uh, they actually canceled the comic from the uh, initial publisher, I believe it was Image Comics because it was just was too much for even them, they were like, you know what dude, you need to take this somewhere else and uh, Dynamite uh, picked up the uh, book from there, which I don't know if that's his own personal imprint or a friend of his created it or what, but they're the publisher of record currently for the books um i read the uh first arc on the comicsology app and it was it's not for everybody that's for sure but they did a good job in the series of raining it back i mean a couple of things are straight out of the book like the death of uh, the girlfriend at the first, in the first episode but they uh, definitely changed a lot in moved a lot of the goalposts for how the story works and they did give you they give you a bit of that minor league you know already second tier characters storylines a bit and they give you even a broader scope of their quote appeal by making them movie stars and tv stars as well as these superheroes which um which I've seen other comics kind of address and deal with as well there's a really good one name I can't remember by the Luna Brothers from probably 15 years ago where they did um the similar concept where but it was more almost like a pageant style where it was like or academy award style where you would be you know win this award as this top tier hero for doing all these superheroics. but um yeah so the, anyway just to wrap this up and the boys are coming up this month uh we've got umbrella academy coming up this month um we'll see with the quarantine what movies will and won't be coming out because despite everyone's hopes and dreams this stuff isn't getting any better people seem to take half step forward and ten steps back with a lot of the issues with the uh spread of this so that's affecting a lot of venues as far as movies and uh, live events and what have you as well as the social activism that's going on as well so we'll see how that plays out on a lot of different levels. But um, Snowpiercer is going to be airing a new app, I believe, tomorrow. So I need to catch up with that. And outside the quote-unquote standard fan service stuff, I've been watching the Perry Mason series on HBO. It's really well done. If you like kind of gritty period 1930s pieces, Uh, this show is really good. It looks really authentic to the time um, where some... They kind of have this, we're trying our best to make it look like this, but it's not. But this looks like they found a section of Los Angeles that never left the 30s, or they built these sets, and with digital enhancements, never left the 30s. And they're um, really doing a great job of giving you this feel of this era, and this town, and this time. And um, I'm really liking it so far. I want to see where they go with it. And if it'll just be a one-off mini-series, if it's going to be a recurring series, the lead is, um, was initially supposed to be Robert Downey Jr., but the actor who was the lead on The Americans, whose name I don't recall is the lead, so perhaps with him not being as expensive as Downey, they'll come back for another series uh, once this one's done, if it does well. So we'll see. Um, oh, the other thing is... Um, J.G. Quintel's uh, new animated series on HBO Max, Close Enough, premiered. I watched the first couple of episodes. First one, eh, not a big fan of the first episode. It was okay, but it was kind of introduced you to the world. But as it moved along in the stories, it's in that regular show style of two, quote, episodes per... Two segments per episode. Um, but, yeah, it seems to be more into... That regular show style of, okay, this is the premise, this is, you know, the escalation, it goes sideways, and then this is the big reveal, and then they have to resolve it, um, before the episode ends, so, uh, it, it, it he knows the, fo- he has a formula, he sticks to it, and more often than not, he can, he's able to produce quite, uh, really good episodes, uh, from that, so, uh, I really liked it, uh, the voice actor's really good, uh, Jason Jason is. Uh Demir steals the episodes he's in, as usual, and his character looks shockingly like he does as well. And I'm sure, pretty sure, a lot of that dialogue is probably him and not the script. But um, close enough is really. Uh, if you like the regular show and you want to see, basically, uh, Mordecai as an adult human with, you know, a wife and kid, uh, with two d- roommates who are divorced from each other. Uh, check it out. It's It's got that regular show energy to it. And um, it, as from watching the first couple of apps, it seems like really good. So, uh, yeah, close enough. Uh, BBS Ultimate Edition is quite good. Uh, the Gambit fan film, if you can find it, I'm sure it's all over the internet. And, yes, my personal uh, guilty pleasure of Speed Racer. I enjoyed seeing that it was posted again, and I sat down to watch it. So, uh, if any... Uh, folks want to contact me or give me a shout, you can hit me at the Twitter at uh, FanBGR uh, you can also email me BGRFanservice at gmail.com um, also we have a Facebook page also which is BGRFanservice you can post comments there uh, say what you like, what you don't like I say too many ums, I don't talk enough it's a lot of dead air, however you feel about it, just uh, give me a shout I'll take it into consideration, I may not fix it, but it'll at least be uh, start to have some sort of uh, conversation back and forth about it. And I'll definitely try to be more active on the social media. Definitely uh, Twitter and um, Facebook for sure. And uh, I guess that'll be it for now. So thank you again for listening for all you who do. And I'll speak to you next time. Have a good one.